Hey folks, we're back. It's the Uticast episode number 59 and today we are talking to the two men behind Nomad Cinema, Mario Restive and Mike Flores. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the Olympics in Rio, which I've been uh, somewhat addicted to for the last uh, 48 hours. Uh, we're going to talk about the Franklin Square film series presentation of Jaws this Wednesday, and then we're going to talk about cell phones in school. A packed show this week. Cliff Montoni is with us. Uh, we're happy to be here, guys. Episode 59. Podcasting. We're here to celebrate podcasting today, Kevin. I'll tell you, uh, podcasting. I'll tell you something about podcasting. Podcasts have. How many uh, times are you going to say podcast right now? I'm gonna, a couple more times. Okay. Uh, podcasts have uh, lifeless, lifeless eyes. Uh, like a doll's eyes, oh, black okay. eyes. Okay, uh, okay. I see what we're doing. Go ahead. Know, doesn't seem to be living until uh, until it bites you. Until you listen to it, <laughs> and the podcast rolls over white. And all you can hear is the joking around and laughing nonsense. That was from Jaws, guys. You know it? That was Quint from Jaws. Did you know that one? Are you familiar? Dude, I get it. Like, I just got home from work, and I was trying to get my energy off the podcast. So I'm like, I'll jump right in. We'll get right in. You zapped all the energy from my body right there. That's what I'm here to do. Kev, Luckily. Here you go. Luckily. <laughs> We've got Jaws coming up this week to reinvigorate. We do have Jaws coming up this week. Um, so I want to talk about that very quickly uh, before we get into the rest of the show. Uh, you may have noticed there hasn't been a Jurassic Park-style uh, sweeted movie version of Jaws uh, to be released yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, I think we can just go flat out and say it's really just a timing issue. We just haven't really had as much yeah, it's time. Been, you know what, for the, the Maiden Utica team, which includes the Uticast, of course, Yeah. Um, it's been it's been a busy couple of weeks. It's been a wild couple of weeks. Wedding Everybody's season. got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, different stuff like that. So yeah, I don't think we're gonna get to the trailer. I think I'm telling you, you should go on Facebook Live dressed as Quint and do your monologues. Uh, we have something that me and me and Mr. Maiden Utica have been working up. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm gonna try and do it tonight or tomorrow. Presumably tomorrow because it is Monday Night Raw night. Um, but yeah, we're gonna try and do something. So. It is a shame, though, because as I've mentioned many times, this is my favorite film of all time. We watched this a couple days ago, actually, just to get hyped up for it. What were your thoughts on watching Jaws? It was funny, because I could tell we were watching it, and you kept saying, like, oh, we could do, like, it'd be... That's how I can tell it's your favorite movie, because it'd be really small, inconsequential bit scenes. You're like, well, if we film this part, and if we film this part, by the end of the movie, you would refilm the whole movie for this trailer. It was great, though. You know what the thing is about Jaws? For a movie that I've probably seen a billion times, so many of those times have been on TV, 
or so many of those times have been, you know, from the middle onwards or like not paying attention. It was interesting to sit right down and watch the whole thing because there are a couple smaller scenes, especially in the first half of the movie, that you forget about that mm-hmm. really sort of set its own. So Jaws is great. I think it's going to be good out there in uh, Franklin Square. You know, I got to say this, though. Um, I think we can talk about it now because we decided not to do it. Uh, the uh, original third movie for this series was going to be the film uh, Zombieland, mm-hmm. which is a more modern film, uh, which anyone's ever seen. I love I love the movie Zombieland. It's a yeah, really, really movie. funny movie. What happened is we basically determined that Zombieland is just a bit too violent and racy and uh, foul language filled. Too many F-words. Too many F-bombs. 21 F-words, according to IMDb, yeah. So we had to decide not to do it. Uh, So Jaws got moved up, and that's fine. Um, I love Jaws, my favorite movie. And I didn't even think about it, Jaws is a PG movie. Jaws is a PG movie from 1974, so there are a couple things in Jaws which we watched last week, and I was like, oh, that would not be in a PG movie in today's age. There's a lot of... A uh, little bit of blood. The part specifically where Quint gets chewed down is yeah. pretty bad, and then I think there's a couple swears in there, probably. Nothing too bad with the swearing. In the 70s, you could show violence, but you couldn't really swear, right? Like, it was okay sure. if you showed violence, but God forbid you said something out of line, a cuss word. Uh, but no, I think I think it will definitely at least scare some some, some kid will be scared by Jaws. Well, I, was scared I remember, by Jaws. dude, I remember when I was a young kid watching Jaws on TV, and I remember my dad mm-hmm. telling me, because Jaws came out, what, 73, 74? 74. So 74. my dad graduated high school in 72. So when that movie came out, he was like 19, 20, mm-hmm. which is a prime age for going to the movies. You're mm-hmm. making a little bit of money, but not enough money to really go spend it on crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't have a ton of responsibilities. I remember him telling me every time, ad nauseum, when that movie would come on, he's like, man, I remember when this came out and people were... People were effed up. People yeah. were not trying to go yeah. to the beach. Like, it really scared. Like, at the time, it was a scary, scary movie. Uh, you know, I I was thinking maybe before the movie at Franklin Square, I'd come out and do sort of like a facts about Jaws things. Jaws has a lot of really cool, interesting... I think you should get in the back of the alley with a chalkboard and the chalk- do the nail scratch <laughs> and do, you know who I am, you know you how know, I make a living. You know how I make a living. Uh, no, Jaws, if you go back... And talk to a lot of film guys, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, about Jaws with the interview with Mario and Mike coming up because these dudes are awesome guys, intense guys, intense film guys. Like we had a deep film conversation, probably mm-hmm. deeper than almost anybody besides TK we've ever had on the show. Really yeah. got into yeah, yeah. interesting conversation about movies. I know we've been talking a lot about movies lately, but that's what this Franklin Square film series has been uh, keeping us. Keep it on mind lately. It's been. Thinking I feel about like it a in lot. today's day and age, with all the like Netflix and Hulu binging you can do now. Yeah. I feel like sometimes I forget how much I love watching a movie. Mm. Like I love movies and films, and I think it's funny because you'll be there, and I'm, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but you'll be sitting there and on Netflix, like, well, I'm not gonna watch a whole movie. I don't have two hours <laughs> yeah. to commit. I don't want to take two hours for a whole movie. That's too long right now. Then you'll go bang out like six episodes of something that's 30. Yeah, you had yeah. time anyway. <laughs> like I forget uh, to watch movies. So that again, Wednesday, August 10th uh, at the Franklin Square uh, at the Franklin Square Alleyway next to Bite Bakery. It's going to be Jaws. Again, one of the great American movie classics. The first real summer movie blockbuster. True. The first real movie that's like spurred on the idea of a summer blockbuster. Yeah. Um, so, great film. Uh, Kev, before we get into the show, how was your uh, how was your weekend, buddy? Anything I, going you on? You know what? I had a really good weekend. Yeah, um, yeah sort of. I worked a lot. Mm-hmm. Definitely a lot of work. Um, I would have to think for a minute to even remember what Friday night was. I don't remember. Oh, I went to bed early because I had to work on Saturday. Yeah. Um, I did have the best breakfast sandwich that I've had in a very long time this weekend. From where? 
Uh, the Broken Egg. Broken down, Egg. Down by the Dev. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, nice. that was uh, that was really good. I had a great breakfast sandwich down there at like dirt cheap prices. Heck yeah, that was pretty good. Hank and cupcakes were at the dev, which was cool. Oh, yeah. Did you but, see Hank and Did you uh, see Hank and cupcakes at all? I didn't get to catch them this weekend when they were here. Unfortunately, I was there was too much going. By the time I got out of work, it was just a little bit too late for it. But I think that you probably had me beat on having a good weekend. I did. Before we get into that, though, I want to say the Hank and cupcakes thing. Hank and cupcakes are probably my favorite band that comes around this region on a semi-regular basis love to watch them they're super awesome super super creative if i had not done what i did this weekend most of my weekend would have been spent uh begging tim schramm to let me interview hank and cupcakes when they come back i want to interview hank and cupcakes i'm just throwing it out there in the world for our listeners so you know where my head's at that would be awesome Uh, i would love to get those guys tim schramm let's talk get at me twitter dms slide in uh, yeah, so I went to a wedding this week. We've talked a lot about weddings last week. I'm not going to get... I had one last week. You had yeah. the one this weekend. Uh, I just want to say a uh, quick shout-out to the wedding I went to this weekend for uh, GFOP's Andrew Cooper and now Julia Cooper. Took the name? She did take the name. We were we Coopin. Two of, the, two of the nicest people you'll ever meet in your life. I saw some pictures from that, and the Galini <laughs> family band was rocking, and Jules was up there singing in her wedding dress. I'm like, that yeah. looks about perfect for that family. For anybody who knows Julia or the Galimi family, uh, they are, I'm always blown away by how talented that family is when it comes to music. Like, Everybody's so yeah. musical. Everybody, dads, uncles, yeah. brothers, cousins. I talk about Al Galimi a lot. He's the best bass player I've ever seen. Uh, Mike Galimi, you know, we, Mike's been on the show before. He's a good friend. Rich Galimi, I grew up playing saxophone with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julia, I grew up being friends with. But you know who I forget about is Elaine, <laughs> Julia's mom. I've never seen her perform. What does oh, she man. do? She plays the keyboard and sings. And oh, really? she was a champion out there. Oh, man. Oh, man. See, that's what Ooh. I'm trying to do. Like, I'm, tra- I'm trying to be like, fast forward a bunch of years if I have kids, I'm trying to be like the patriarch, like Mr. Galimi, <laughs> just the old man holding it down on the bass with all my wonderful musical he children has, and nephews and nieces. He has like old man strength on the bass. Like his veteran chops are so tight. I've never seen anything like he it. Bar- it's unreal. He barely touches it and he's super tight. <laughs> so he's good, amazing. Man. They really are, every single one of them. Uh, but again, uh, you know. So that must have been a good wedding, man. It was a great wedding. It was an. Wonderful time. It was great to see all my New York City uh, boys who I don't get to see all the time. The Brooklyn Zoo. Brooklyn Zoo. Definitely out here. Uh, and I just want to say this. A lot of times, you know, I go to a lot of weddings. And mm. I've said this many times in the past. It's very, it was tough for me to think of two people who I like more whose marriage makes me happier than Andy and Julia. Both as separate individuals and as a combined unit. Yeah, I, love, I love both of them a lot. That's always nice Great when folks. you go to a wedding and you're like, this is just wonderful. This is right. This is the way it's supposed to yeah. be. Because... You'll never say it, but I've like I'm 30 years old. I've been to a lot of weddings now. Sometimes you're at a wedding, you're like, oh no no no, today, this is. I'll tell you what, today no no. Weddings today are 50 50. This was a good side of the 50 50. I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get into uh, this week's show. We'll talk about the Olympics. Cliff Montoni will be here in just a moment. We'll be right back with the show. Tony, back on the show. Uh, I saw you enjoying my shoestring uh, red licorice as you came in the back door. You know, I thought I was going to enjoy it a lot more. 
It's not as good as you remember, is it? It is not as good as I remember, I gotta tell you. The thin, long, (laughs) shoestring licorice uh, seems like it would be tight. It's got a weird texture. It's harder than it should be for something that's as thin as it is. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Not as good as I remember. Yeah, undercooked spaghetti with a cherry flavor. Yeah, I mean, that's how they should market it. That's not a bad look, yeah. Would you you like some undercooked cherry spaghetti? Um, Cliff, how you been, buddy? It's been a while. Fantastic. I've missed you guys. Missed you too, man. Yeah. Yeah, missed your face. Well, I'm back. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Uh, So I want to address something for the the 15 to 25 listeners who enjoyed our, our episode of For the Lads, the one we released about two months ago. We have not released another episode of For the Lads at the moment. Where is it? The people are clamoring. I hear it in the streets. <laughs> are the people clamoring? They yeah. are. They are. Uh, Leslie, I Gad live on is your street. Clamoring. I don't see them. Yes. Uh, no, I th- we're still going to do another uh, for the lads eventually. I-, I wanted to do one before the start of the Premier League season, but that's going to draw less people than the first episode <laughs> did. So we'll see <laughs> how that goes. Cover a more obscure sport. More obscure rugby sport. Yeah. yeah. Handball. We'll get to that yeah, in a minute. Yeah, of course. Um, so. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a sports segment. We haven't done a sports segment in a while, but this is a little more of a broad sports segment because we got the Olympics coming up. Uh, so we're going to talk. It's happening. Yeah, yeah. Coming up. Yeah, going it's, on. Well, yeah. it's time. Uh, so I just want to begin here. All right. For now, I'm going to ignore all the obvious corruption-based Olympic stories that can be told, whether it's financial emergency or... It's horrible down there. Yeah, or nope, police... horrible down yeah. there. We're putting a pin in it. Yeah, or a police state or nope. political corruption. Um, Suspending if, disbelief. Yeah, yeah if, if you'd like to read or learn more about that, I read a good article on Gizmodo today, which was just reasons to cancel the Olympics ranked. It was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, spoiler, uh, <laughs> items 1, 11, and 28 were all Zika. Just different. Yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, so yeah, if you want to read something about that, uh, go ahead and go online and find one of the many, many think pieces about how terrible the Olympics are. Today, we are going to focus and appreciate the glory of sport, of competitive <laughs> sport. Uh, so, Speaking of things that are not as good as you remember, the Olympics. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard a hot take this morning on one of my many sports podcasts that I listened to, uh, and the hot take was basically the Olympics don't mean as much as they did 40 years ago. Uh, that seems very obvious like uh yeah sure it used to seem remarkable that you were engaging in competition with nations from all over the planet but now with the world being as interconnected as it is i mean there's world tournaments multiple world tournaments and so many sports it's just not so amazing to me that like all these people are here the way that it probably would have been when you read about it, you know, 40, 50 yeah, years ago. Yeah, I mean, we idealize the dream team, right? Is it possible we're all just very jaded? No, no. I no? just think that... I'm very jaded, by the way. I'll throw that one out there. <laughs> That's <laughs> going well, well, not falling back onto the corruption thing, too. Again, I, we just said we weren't going to talk about it. But yeah. th- there's a certain amount of, like, I don't, I don't see it as this amazing continuation of a Greek Olympic competition. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel like anything more than a giant corporate sponsorship with a lot of events in it. Yeah. Uh, But what I do appreciate is I like watching the fringe sports. Um, You know, there is basketball and there is soccer going on during the Olympics right now. But I gotta tell you the truth, I am primarily ignoring it. Can I tell you why? Why? Because those two sports really don't matter in the Olympics. And I watch them all the time regularly. I watch the NBA, and I watch the Premier League and the World Cup. So those two sports, I get a lot of that during the year. What I'm really interested in in the Olympics is the fringes, like the lower-tier Olympic sports, right? Like, you, I think you watched 12 hours of Olympics coverage yesterday on Sunday. <laughs> he is out I, was, I, saw, yeah. I saw so much yeah. Olympics in and out of yeah. the studio yesterday here at the house. I'm good on the Olympics. 
So what kind of, what fringe sports, what popped out to you? All right, so I'm going to start off with a couple here. And this is one, I think you're going to be very happy about this, Kevin. I already know what it is. Yeah, this is handball. Um, Handball is amazing. It is good. Yeah, handball is yeah. so good. Um, if, I'll try and explain handball. It, it basically looks like soccer and basketball had a mutant baby, right? Uh, it, it has... With, like, little bits of lacrosse mixed yeah, in, because yeah. those dudes are hitting each other. Yeah, a little yeah, bit of lacrosse. Bit. It doesn't seem like you're meant to hit each other. No, but they um, get moving. The the game that I watched, the game in question, was the Netherlands versus France women's qualifying handball game. Uh, a I, barn burner. It was a great game. Yeah. 18 to 14, France yeah. took the victory. Solid game. It seemed like the Netherlands were coming back, but France pulled it away yeah. at the end. Solid second. Handball yeah. seems like handball is one of those games where it looks like a game that might have been like made up by a bunch of kids that were hanging out sometime. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a very uh, mixture. It seems like a neighborhood game. You yeah. Know what I mean? uh, Cliff, you watched this game with me, and you looked up some I facts uh, rudimentarily on the internet. Uh, and what we found out is that handball predates a lot of other sports. Yes. Uh, basketball, it predates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basketball, yeah. Uh, baseball. Yeah. Baseball. Uh, Makes sense. It's a simple yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. So what I, what I think happened, and this is my hot take on handball, handball got simplified down in various aspects into other sports. Parts of it were taken and turned into soccer. Parts of it were taken and turned to other sports. But handball remains this sort of... It has a primitive feel to it. It feels no, very... I think that's because it's the missing link. The miss... Yeah. Handball, it, yes. it's like evolution. Yes. Handball is the missing link. Yes. That When soccer evolved into basketball... Yeah. Hmm. Handball is that missing link. Mm-hmm. Write that down. Somebody yeah. call. <laughs> get me on ESPN. <laughs> We've got many um, takes. Uh, and I want to just shout out two members of the Netherlands women's national team who I fell in love with. Good uh, friends yes. of the podcast. Good friends yes. of yeah. my heart. Uh, first is uh, a large Netherlands woman who was, uh, her name was Groot. She is That was her last name. Groot. Yeah, she her last Groot. name was Groot. Yes, Groot. She was yeah. awesome. Like Guardians? Yes, yeah, like just spelled the same name. way. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if she has a first name. I didn't care to find out anymore. because If your name's Groot, that can be the only name. Just said Groot on the back, and I said, yes. Yes, I believe in Groot. Is your Groot um, jersey on the way? No. I wouldn't no. mind, yeah. I'll tell you why my Groot jersey's not on the way, because then I fell head over heels yes. for a woman named Tess Wester, she who is their special. goalie. Yeah. Oh, man. She's uh, my favorite Olympian so far. Yeah. Real heart and passion the way she plays goal. She did, yeah. In the goal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I like handball, but uh, I just don't buy handball as anything more than a weird Olympic curiosity. There's no chance that handball as a professional sport wouldn't be any better than slam ball yeah. or like American Ninja Warrior on yeah. American Radar. I feel like handball has potential as far as uh, people playing it. A lot of people play like rec league or intramural like soccer. Yeah. They play on softball teams. They do stuff like that. People play frisbee. They play volleyball. I feel like handball is a fun enough game where you can play it with people, almost like mixed. Yes. I think the game has potential there. I don't think you'll ever see it having you know leagues of revenue like the NBA does or something like that. But yeah. I think that there's something there for more people seeing it to play it on their yeah. own. Sam and I were saying earlier that uh, because it's got transferable skills, it's very much like soccer, very much like basketball, mm-hmm. that we could probably put together a pretty solid team and make a good run of it. Maybe not Olympic qualified, but close. You don't think that... Uh, <laughs> you think LeBron... It's <laughs> a lot of catch and throw. If you took, like, LeBron James and Kobe Bryant... 
and gave them an amount of time to be on a handball team, how long would it take them for for them to be pro level at it? Down? Less than a week. Three and a half seconds. Really? Less, three less, and a half yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Realistically, <laughs> yeah. like less than yeah. a week. If they went yes. out there and they got no. the, the dimensions of handling that ball and making it curve when they throw I'm, it. What that's baseball like pitcher. Here's what I think. Baseball pitcher, I feel like, would also be... It's a different size ball. Yeah, like who? Bartolo Colon? Bartolo! <laughs> yeah. Throwing his weight around. Not running, that's for sure. Miss you, Aaron Higgins. I think, so what else, yeah. you, what else you got for Olympic sports that are standing out to you, though? Oh, uh, this is one I... Uh, I got more excited about this one than I feel like I should have. was judo. I've been watching a lot of judo. I was watching judo. Judo was dumb. You judo, can't score it. It's impossible. It's hard to score. How do you they score? Just sort of, it's weird because they can grab each other's like karate uniforms. Yeah, the they, just, they just sort of Technical shake term. each other. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, my only hot take on judo is this. Judo has been spoiled for me by professional wrestling because the entire time I watched it, I kept thinking to myself, German suplex. Like, yeah. take him to suplex city. Like, what no. are you doing? See, Why aren't you, like, rolling him up and grabbing the tights? Like, this seems like a bad maneuver. Here's what you're going to get. You're going to um, get a solid hip toss about every two and a half minutes if you're lucky. If that. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. the thing. It was, yeah. it was boring. Not yeah, great. Judo. Didn't care for judo. I'll tell you one that resonated with uh, Mr. Maynutic and Justin Parkinson. Air pistol. Uh, women's Yo, air Parkin- pistol. Parkinson is telling everybody who will listen, the numbers are dwindling by the day, but he's telling everybody who will listen that he could easily, easily win the gold medal in air pistol shooting. Oh, he's Lord. like, you're just aiming at a target. There's no way. We, I could definitely yeah. do that. We're going to we're gonna hold off on that because we're going to get around to uh, Olympic sports like that in a moment. But yeah, okay. I watched air pistol, and the weird thing that stands out with air pistol is it's not what you think it is. The competitors wear these strange head contraptions like you'd yes. see on a horse that's got blinders on the side and like one of the eyes is blacked out and there's a patch with like something usually on it like an American flag or a really yeah yeah so you don't have depth perception you have one eye out right so no shoot. depth perception yeah it's yeah. very it's uh, very strange very uh, interesting. odd sport uh, but let's get to the what I feel like was one of the show pieces I wa- we watched that swimming last night yes uh, swimming is is underappreciated in the Olympics because you don't see it very often anywhere else. It's not like you watch the world swimming. Some people maybe do on like ESPN2 or something, but this is about the only uh, chance you get to watch swimming. It's crazy that there are like two Americans who are swimmers who are like transcendent in in the pool as a man and woman, like Katie Ledecky and Michael Phelps. Yeah. Just like monsters. I can't imagine what it's like to be somebody who can swim that well because like, I think about I don't ever get in like I've, I don't think I've ever been in like an Olympic swimming pool to swim laps like that. <laughs> but like I picture even just like when you jump in the lake, like if you're up like on a boat and you jump in the lake and you're just sort of swimming around the boat and like hanging mm-hmm. out just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine being like one of these Michael Phelps people. You're just yeah. booming all across the mm-hmm. lake doing whatever you want. I'm tired almost immediately. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm a decent athlete. Like I can go run for miles. You put me in the water and within 30 seconds I'm just. <gasps> Swimming is super impressive. Yeah. Swimming is really impressive to me. Um, uh, I'll say this. Uh, to put some context into it, we were watching this last night. It was you, me, uh, Parkinson, and our good friend of the podcast, Steve. Four guys. You know, we're all okay shape. Uh, we, uh, okay shape. Uh, Katie Ledecky uh, did the 400 meter, I guess the freestyle or, bre- or breaststroke, wherever it was, 400, 400 meters, right? Mm-hmm. Which is across the pool and back. Four times. Yes. So eight eight lengths of the pool. Yes. She broke her own world record. She beat the rest of the competition by five seconds. We debated if you put us in a pool for any length of time, <laughs> if we could even finish 400 meters, because I bet you I couldn't. No Do we know chance. her time? Not, what was no her time? Chance. Uh, minute 
56. No, it was something longer than that. Like four, 356. Three minutes and 56 seconds. Something That's like that. just ridiculous. Which is crazy. She was so... I've that never, pool goes on for a long time. Yeah. It reminds me of, like, everybody used to say, you know, people are like, oh, we have an Olympic-sized swimming pool in our backyard. Nobody's got that pool. Yeah. Like that, yeah. you could get a jet ski it's over 300 feet, that. right? Yeah. 100, 100 meters. If it's 100 meters each direction, it's 300 No, 50 feet. meters. Oh, it's 50 meters each direction. So 400 is what? Eight, eight laps? Eight yeah. ways across. Yeah. 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 Pass on that. Um, no, we can finish it. Like, I mean, you. if I had like a while and I could take breaks, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I like could get out and walk get a away. Bit. Yeah. Uh, what if I just didn't? <laughs> uh, Katie Ledecky, 19 years old, by the way. Uh, so that's kind of that's crazy. one of the crazy oh, things nuts. about Man. these Olympians. Yeah. Everybody's so young, like crazy. in the Olympics. It's really wild. I had a track coach once when I was. 17 or 18 tell me his son was a little bit older than I was and he said that his son was 21 and he felt the real difference when 18 year olds would come in mm-hmm. and he'd be like 18 year olds would join his track team and he'd be like I'm old like I'm only three years older than these kids and they are studs so it makes a difference it makes a big difference mm. uh, again swimming a little bit like handball I don't know if I would watch a professional swimming league do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if no, I would watch 100% them. I would not. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> yeah, you know, I would do anything else. Yeah. But I like, I do catch myself getting kind of gassed up when I watch swimming. So good work, swimming. Yes. Uh, do we have to, we can skip past gymnastics almost. I feel like everyone knows that gymnastics is the I think Gymnastics, swimming, and basketball are like the big three for the Summer Olympics. Mm. Maybe track and field, depending if uh, like there's somebody who's pushing real hard. Mm. But I'm like, those are the ones that get the most coverage. Those are like the, the flagship mm. yes. events. Yeah. Yeah, we were watching gymnastics too, though. It's it's insane to me. Like, like we were talking about, could we do this Olympic sport yeah. or that Olympic sport? To even think about, like, if you, we were, say, we were yeah. saying if you had to do a gymnastics thing, what you're doing, you'd have to try to do the floor routine. I'd spend the whole time trying to do like a rickety cartwheel. How do you and score that? Yeah. Ten flips. Mm. My judgment, my my reason for going with floor exercise over the other three potential things you could <laughs> theoretically be a gymnast for is that if I fall on the floor exercise, I won't be. Paralyzed, right, probably. Right, right. Yeah, True. Yeah. If I fall on a balance beam or uh, off the bars, or like um, rings, yeah, or try and go over that thing where you leap and hit with your hands, yeah, the pummel horse. Flip, yes, I feel like yeah. I would just hit the spring and go directly into the pummel horse and like break my ribs. <laughs> it would be horrible. Uh, I have no coordination for that. No, you put me no. out. You <laughs> swinging around yeah. those uneven bars. Uh, I'm too tall. No, I so think just I just hold it on. You're just touched. That's the thing, too. They were saying these gymnasts, like that girl, I can't remember her name. She's a uh, United States. She's supposed to be like, really good. Simone Biles. Win. Yes, that's her. She's like four foot eight. Four foot yeah. eight. Dude, I'm six foot five. Yeah. That's, like a, that's like a little kid. I know little kids that are four foot She's eight. amazing. She's I crazy used to think good. it yeah, was it a cop out. Crazy good. But I've had friends that were on the shorter side, and every really good skateboarder I knew mm. was on the shorter side. And it's just like it's mm. well, it makes sense when you're doing something that's motion based yes. like that. It's mm. easier to get a smaller because of physics. It's easier to get a smaller frame around or over or up or lighter. You know what I mean? Uh, before we get too far away from swimming, by the way, I just want to point out something. Last night there was a lot of people commentating that Michael Phelps during that relay. Michael Phelps, uh, they won gold in the in the relay. Huh? What do you mean? Go ahead. Oh, uh, a lot of people were talking about uh, Michael Phelps had weird suction marks all over his body. I saw Weird, uh, like, it almost looked like bruises, but they were really circular. Okay. Apparently, Michael Phelps uh, is into something called a cupping, which is a weird, like, suction technique. It's almost like a... 
like a therapy, like type of therapy. They put all these weird suction cups on. I've heard. Yeah, yeah, I was reading yeah. that it's kind of like pseudoscience. It's pseudoscience. Really, yeah, like it's something they used to do in like the 1700s, uh, and they're like, "Yeah, we're cupping." So for all you people who are into like pseudoscience and stuff, you can be in the Olympian too, because Michael Phelps, the greatest all of all took. time, he's into cupping. So yeah. check that out. That's all cupping. it took. I'm gonna cup tomorrow. He's also got a crystals instructor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. crystals. Yeah. Yeah. Rocks all over yeah. him. He's a gypsy. I'll he's a gypsy swimmer. Uh, and then I feel that. Good friend of the show, Mark Simon, would be annoyed if I didn't at least bring up fencing. Uh, I was kind of ready to knock fencing. Uh, I do appreciate that it looks like Tron now. They all have lasers that and they nice. live on a Do Olympics. they really? Yeah, it's weird. It's kind of odd. They have laser fencing in the Olympics? Basically, if you are fencing and you hit the guy with the foil or the sabre, which is the one I liked better. Sure. Uh, Can you elaborate? Can I get a difference on those before you get to talk? I don't have the answers for that. I do so, not know yeah. the difference. I don't know the difference. Those are the two disciplines, it seems like, of fencing. Foil and sabre. Uh, sabre for life, even though I'm making snap judgments, which is really what the Olympics is all about, snap judgments. Yeah, definitely. Um... Anyhow, you were going hard for Argentina the other day out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, just making a snap. The game was on for thirty seconds. You're like, all right, I'm into Argentina, and you were passionately backing Argentina the whole time. I did that during the fencing that I watched today. It was a young French hotshot and this old veteran Russian saberist, and I was like the Russian saberist. I like her style. She's a veteran, yeah. And lo and behold, she won. Of course, Uh, of course, she did. She she meant business. Old old woman strength. And I could tell she she wasn't intimidated by the moment. She just walked out with that just. The young French athlete celebrated after every laser sword yeah, point that she hit her with. You just, said, you just said something that made me think. When we were watching gymnastics, you know, most of the gymnasts are like 16 to 19 years old or whatever. There was one girl for, where was it? Like Romania. A, a, Romania? Yeah. She was 41. The only Ooh, Romanian Out there athlete. doing the vault. She was cranking. Like She wow. did really good. Like She's the only one they have on their team. She only does the vault still. Props but to she her. Was, it was amazing uh, to see. Oh, by the way, if we're shouting out uh, real real winners of the Olympics, because I was going to talk about her. 41-year-old gymnast. That's crazy. Uh, like the last bastion of Romanian gymnastics, because Romania doesn't have a gymnast team. Just this lone gymnast. Uh, similarly... Uh, I can't pronounce her first name. I'm gonna. T- it's gonna be terrible. In judo, this uh, this young Kosovo girl, Kamendi Kalmendi is her okay. last name, won the first ever gold medal for Kosovo. Wow! In general, yeah, as a judo, yeah. So that was pretty tight as well. Real heroes of the Olympics. Yeah. Um. So yeah, my real go back to fencing. It's only okay. The laser tron lights help, but whatever. And the floor. Floor is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, it was red yeah. and it like lights up. Uh, it yeah. does get me thinking. Air pistol, fencing, judo, handball. It's a, that's the thing that fascinates me the most about these fringe sports is what it must take discipline in a discipline level. Even these swimmers, like somebody like uh, who was the, the female swimmer last night who uh, who had kids, Dana something. Uh, she had like kids and she'd come back from having a kid to be a swimmer. To be an Olympic level swimmer, what's your life got to be like to have like a kid and a husband in a regular life but still have enough time to swim? Like how much yeah, of your life so impressive. is... Yeah. And you have the yeah. same amount of hours in the day that yeah, I everybody do. Everybody does. Yeah. Yeah. Like, look yeah. at you. Yeah. Uh, but even that, and swimming is like a higher profile Olympic sport. What is your life like if your dedication is air pistols? Air pistols. Like you're the same amount I of feel time like air and dedication. No, because air pistol, no, air pistol is not as expensive or as physically taxing. It's probably expensive for ammunition, but you can find a way to reuse. But air pistol, you can just go out and do. Hmm. If you're somebody like a swimmer, you have to be out in the pool for a couple hours a yeah. day. Not just out there standing at the range, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm going to be uh, an air pistol Olympian next Olympics. There's no chance. You want Parkinson. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Oh, well, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Hmm. I just don't think it requires that much. I guess that's... I think you're uh, underestimating the talent it takes uh, to fire that air pistol. Yeah, yeah I don't think I am. All your sights, man. you got to look down that thing. Like <laughs> a champion. Um, 
Let's, uh, anything else you guys want to say about the Olympics? I guess, uh, I guess that's pretty good. We covered a lot of Olympics. I got one. One. I got one. I watched some rowing today. Rowing? Yes. The crew. Those yes. guys are crazy. Yes. Uh, the Americans were swamping, by the way, mm. which was great. I could only make it through the first 1,500 meters of this race. Mm. Way too long, way too redundant. Let's yeah. make this a spectator sport. You got two and a half minutes. All right. <laughs> and then I'm moving on to something different. I think you should be able to fire small rockets from the boat to the other one. That's really, yeah. yeah, Basically make it a Mario Kart. Kart. Yeah, Mario Kart. Yes, there you go. Now we're spicing it up. Uh... I was going to ask uh, which Olympic sport you think you'd be the best at if you had to choose one. You, you seem pretty confident with air pistol. Uh, yes, because it's the easiest. I said it. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, I feel like handball is the hot answer, right? It seems like something about it seems like, yeah, I have all the cognitive skills necessary to do this. You probably don't, but I feel like that's the easiest answer. I feel like I would have to say, wait, is, do we have golf in the Olympics? Yes. I would have to say basketball only because I'm the most familiar with the rules. Like, don't pass me the ball. If you want to win the gold, yeah. do not give me the ball. But, like, I can stand there and try to get in front of people and try not to get, like, gassed. Yeah. That wouldn't last for long, yeah. but at least I know how to do that. Yeah. Everything else would be, like, a foreign environment. Can we get, like, uh, what sport you would most like to participate in? I can tell you the one I would most like to participate in. Like, if you in. could be great at any at anything. sport. Well, yeah. Any thoughts? Okay. Um... I'll tell you, mine mm. is mine is simply pole vault. I have pole, pole vaulted vault. twice in my life. It's the most <laughs> terrifying thing I have ever done. Pole vaulting you get to the top crazy. of it and you're just like, this really is high. And then you let go and you're like, yup, it really was high. I think given my general build and physique, uh, it would be tight if I was like a shot put champion. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. If just out of nowhere, this little yeah. like 5'9", 165 pound soaking hey, wet you guy. you do it. It's, it's all, all about technique, yeah. Technique, technique and hips, hip yeah. movement, hip speed. Yeah, you yeah, got yeah. those hips too. Great hips. I it's noticed. probably hips. it's probably cheating because I just want to say, well, basketball, because then I can go make millions in the NBA if I'm good enough for the Olympic team. Yeah, fair. But other fair. than that, uh, archery would be great. Which one do you want to be great at? You want, well, because you want to make millions. Basketball, basketball. Great, all right, I get that. I love yeah. the game. Anyway. Yeah, I'm an idiot. I picked pole vaulting. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna throw this one for you, Kev. I read this on the internet. We were looking up a water polo. Water in the water in a water polo pool is one point eight meters, which works out to like five point yeah. nine yeah. feet yeah. minimum. Yep. Yeah. So you could probably touch the bottom enough where you would be pretty good. Whereas I'd have to tread water the whole time. I feel like my it's chin, my sport. chin and mouth would be right at water level at that point. I feel like you'd be in good shape. You'd be better off than we would. I'd be treading water the whole time, like exhausted. Maybe we gotta get in the pool. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Let's try some I water polo. Nice, nice at volleyball too. I bet. Maybe. Yeah. So if you folks are enjoying the Olympics, uh, maybe we'll hit it up next week. Hit us up with an email about it. Uticast at gmail.com. Yeah. That's something interesting about the Olympics real quick. Uh, everybody sort of pays attention. That's yeah. something that's cool about it is that people who don't even really watch a ton of sports, everybody kind of pays attention. The cover's sort of pervasive and like... Yeah. Talk about it a little bit. Everybody's got to take. Everybody's As you should. It's Corruption nice. sucks, but yeah. Yeah. support the athletes for sure. It's nice to share events together as a community. Yeah, as a culture. Speaking yeah. of things we can enjoy together as a community, this Wednesday, oh. tomorrow, is the Franklin Square that Film Series presentation of my favorite film of all time. Jaws, 8 p.m., Franklin Square, next to Bite Bakery. It's going to be a great time, just like two weeks ago when we played Jurassic Park. Uh, this week's interview is with the men behind Nomad Cinema. They are awesome, awesome guys. Mario Restive and Mike Flores. 
Uh, just to give you some context, this interview was filmed on Tuesday, July 26th. This was the night before the Jurassic Park airing. Uh, we met these gentlemen uh, early on Tuesday to go clean up that park. I had a nice conversation with them, helped them for most of the evening while they set up and tore down. Afterwards, I was uh, lucky enough to convince them, um, with the promise of beer and good times, to come over to the house and have a conversation with me about movies. Uh, they are huge film nerds. Uh, we had a lot of fun talking movies, talking Jurassic Park, talking Jaws, uh, of course, talking David Lynch, because I can't do a movie interview that doesn't talk about David Lynch. So uh, here's our interview with Mike and Mario. Good dudes, we'll be back in just a minute. next to White Bakery there, where we're putting on the Franklin Fair, uh, Franklin Square film series, which I cannot say correctly. Something about the F throws me off. But we were just down there, and we were sitting here with Mario and Mike, and I didn't even ask you guys your last names before I came on here. I'm a very unprofessional. So let's start with you, Mario. What's your what's your name? My name is Mario Restive. Restive. Yep. Excellent. And Michael Flores. Michael Flores and Mario Restive. And you guys are, uh, I wouldn't know what your titles are necessarily, uh, the head men behind Nomad Cinema. Partners. Partners. Partners Partners in crime. (laughs) Um, So you are the men behind Nomad Cinema. um, And you guys are uh, one of the three major sponsors on this Franklin Square film series. And... uh, and for those of you guys who are coming, uh, well, who came to the Jurassic Park show and will be coming to any of the future shows, uh, you guys have already seen the the amazing uh, films. Uh, like I guess you would call it, it's a screen, right? I don't know. If there's a better term for it. The amazing screen yeah. you guys built, which is so mind blowing to me that you guys built it. Like I, I'm sitting Us here looking. Us too. Yeah, I know, right? Like <laughs> that was a long Sunday. Um, <laughs> it, it's really like I was sitting there looking at it when you guys had the whole screen up, and I'm like, wow, this is a really impressive piece. And it did take me a minute to think to myself. If these guys built this, it looks very specifically built for this thing. There's uh, a lot of trial and error. Like we, for the first one that we built was very, um, I don't know. It was it was basically just the square, the rectangle, whatever you want to call it, for the screen. And we realized very quickly after we did a few, uh, what we call Nomad Underground, mm-hmm. which was really cool. We did um, basically we called them underground shows where we had like limited. Uh, kind of press releases for everything, so it kind of had that um, secretish like, sure. feeling to it. Yeah. Sure. So we did uh, Father's Day by Astron Six on Father's Day. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was great. We uh, we did a, a a roulette where we spun a roulette of what movie we were nice. gonna actually play. We had like sixteen choices, mm-hmm. and uh, this was all done in like a, a, a unfinished warehouse. Uh, setting so it felt very underground <laughs> yeah like a fight club took place there the night before <laughs> and the and the screen is 16 feet by nine feet so the the nine feet like it, it hit the ceiling right, right and but now we have so much more space and now we're gonna have like a huge audience in an alleyway it's just um we needed something bigger so yeah. we needed something to prop it up higher um, so before we get too far into the nomad stuff, I want to want to let people get to know you guys a little bit. Uh, it's tough when we have two people because I uh, I never know how to phrase like, place this correctly. So 
Uh, Mario, we're going to start with you for just a second. We're going to focus on uh, and you. So, Mario, what would you say your, your position is? You call yourself, like, the film guy, the acting guy, directing guy? Are you the creative guy? Um, What's your forte? Uh, I would say creative. Creative. Uh, directing. Consiglier. Consiglier. Yes. I do. I, I have directed in the past, but I don't mm. find myself to be that great of a director. <laughs> I, I tend to stammer a lot and get excited, and people don't know what I'm trying to tell them. <laughs> so it all sounds very directorish. Like, I gotta tell you the truth. Um, so, are you from around this area originally? Were you born around here? Yes, I was born in Frankfurt. Frankfurt. Yep. Excellent. Frankfurt school system and stuff. Yep. Yep. You got fam still out there? Yes. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. Are you uh, are you tight with the fam? Big fam, small fam? Uh, the fam is kind of uh, spread out a bit. Bitch. You just wear hair, Spread out a bit. Uh, a lot of them moved to North Carolina, but mm. I, I do still have have some in the area, Syracuse and Utica area. So yeah. Have you spent most of your time in this area? Have you ever lived anywhere else besides um, this? When I went off to college, uh, where I met Mikey. Uh, in, in Orlando Film School. Oh, so you guys and, both went to college together then? Yep, yep. Wonderful. That's where we met. What college did you go to? Uh, it was called Full Sail. Oh, you went to Full Sail? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. All right, cool. All right. I'm going to put a pin in that for just a second. We're going to sure. come back to Full Sail. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, so, Mike, let's go to you then for a yeah. second. You were uh, you mentioned earlier to me, I think you said you, were, you live in Syracuse now? No, I live in Frankfurt now. I Frankfurt actually now. live about a mile away from his dad. Oh, okay. In Frankfurt, yeah. <laughs> were you also born in Frankfurt? No, I um, I was born in Altus, Oklahoma, oh. um, but I'm an Air Force brat, so usually uh, okay. when people ask me where I'm from, I tell them Earth. Earth, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> I... I this this is officially the longest I've lived anywhere, which oh, wow. five years now. Um, before that, it was like two and a half years everywhere, mm. all over the world. I went around the world twice by the time I was nine. So you said yeah. uh, <laughs> army brat. You got you still touch with your family, close with your family still. Yeah, yeah. my uh, my folks live out in um, Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Excellent, wow, Phoenix, Arizona, that dry heat. Yeah, that, I talked to my old man a couple of days uh, ago, and it's 118 there. Oh my god! Oh my god, <laughs> no. <laughs> Just so global warming's no. not real, folks. Um, <laughs> so you you all you guys went to Full Sail. I'm fascinated by this because uh, all I know about Full Sail University is I used to see the ads in the back of Spin Magazine for them when I was a kid. They're everywhere. Um, yeah. For like making video games or computer design. Yeah. And now, I'm a, people who listen to the show, obviously our fan base knows that we're huge wrestling fans here at the podcast. They, yes, that, they uh, do next. They do NXT. I'm, yeah, yeah. And Full Sail. Um, I, I want you guys to, I don't want you to take this the wrong way. My first impression of Full Sail when I looked at all the ads and everything I ever read about it, I was like, this might be a scam. This might be like a DeVry <laughs> University type thing. You've, and it wasn't until... You've taken it the right way. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you guys, did you guys have positive experience with Full Sail? Or? It's, uh, yeah. yeah. Ups and downs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, one of the big selling points of it at the time was that, oh, you know, you can always come back sure. and, and t- retake a class. I think that they've morphed so much that that's not the case anymore. Like... Mm-hmm. I mean, they have a lot of money behind them now. They have like this big My studio. God, scene. it's insane! Yeah. And, it's and insane. we we graduated in two thousand five. Five, okay. Yeah. And since then, it's just grown exponentially. It's just been it's huge now. But I've also heard things about how the the degree is is a regional degree. Sure. Oh yeah. That? Um yeah. I've since since graduating from Full Sail, I went on and got another degree. Oh, okay. And found out really quickly that mm. those credits were worth nothing. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um there I mean 
we I don't I don't I don't know if that's still the case nowadays. Um, but yeah, I know I, like when when it was a very awkward time, not only uh, for the the film industry itself, um, be, uh, but for the that school itself. Mm-hmm. So we were guinea pigs for a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of the the stuff that we learned quickly became just completely antiquated because that was during a time where everybody was really transitioning over from film to to digital to video and everything. And this, and this was just before the big DSLR boom where it was just like, that changed everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, we, we, we even learned, like, we learned how to use a Nagra. Like, we were learning, like, mm. analog um, audio still. And, like, a lot of the stuff, like, it's just... Yeah. There's, there's ever, no use for it anymore. <laughs> have you ever shot on really film film? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they had us load film and, and all that stuff. We did 1635. It's certainly probably more convoluted a process, but did, would you prefer to shoot in film if you had, like, total autonomy on it? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. We're, uh, we're big. I'm, I'm specifically, I'm a huge uh, Rod Serling Twilight Zone mark, and one of the things, uh, me, I have a friend who, uh, he was a video editor, freelance video editor in New York, and we would stay up late at night and watch Twilight Zone, and one of the things he would always point out to me is the Twilight Zone, if you watch it today, still looks great on high-definition television yeah. because it's shot on film. And if you go to the second season of the Twilight Zone, CBS had basically asked Rod Serling and the production crew, it's too expensive to produce these episodes on film. Can you shoot a couple episodes on, uh, I guess, what they're, whatever you call TV camera film, like standard TV shot? Right. So there's a couple episodes in the second season of the Twilight Zone where after these beautiful like film quality, excellent, high definition views. You'll have a couple episodes that look like a really dark version of a black and white I Love Lucy. Right. And it just, it's really, really jarring. And that's mm-hmm. always what I think about when I think about film. And it, is it just as expensive? Is that really the, the downfall? Really that's yeah. really yeah. it? Just oh, crazy yeah. expensive? It's mm-hmm. just, uh, I mean, if you look at people like, um, uh, oh my God. I, Nolan. I, I cannot <laughs> think of names tonight. I don't know what's wrong with me. Uh, so, okay, let's go do a podcast. Seven uh, social network. Um, oh, uh, David, David Fincher. Thank you, dear yeah. God. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, like his workflow is yeah. incredible. It's mm. insane. Like he's got his own he, special camera, the Zeno, whatever. Yeah. Oh like, my God! Like he, when he released basically the diagram of how he shot Zodiac. Uh, the, oh my gosh! Uh, it was like. I'm so glad you said Zodiac. We talk a lot about Zodiac as like sort of the the forgotten David Fincher movie. Like, yeah, yeah. I love that movie. like Fight Club. We, we've talked about this is a very common topic. Fight Club was such a big movie for men of a certain age in like a certain time. Like I know sure. so many people born within the age ranges. I graduated high school in 2004, and I think my high school yearbook quote was from Fight Club, which is <laughs> embarrassing now. But I think it does speak to the way that this movie spoke to people and a certain group of people. But Zodiac is kind of an underappreciated movie. I it's a really beautifully shot. Oh, film. for sure. Yeah. yeah. We actually saw Candy Clark uh, at the Syracuse National oh, was yeah. last weekend. Yeah, yeah. The weekend before, but she was there and I asked her about that. I'm like, was that really your scream? And she's like, Yeah. <laughs> like she probably got that role because of her scream. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you guys both went to full sale. Uh, I'll, I'm gonna start with you and this one, Mark. What was your degree in at full sale? Or did you like, what film. Did, it was film. just film? It's just yeah. a it's a broad film. film degree. The yep. uh, science of film and video, I okay. believe, really? is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Is the official term for our degree. I just, put, I just put the degree up on the shelf and moved on. <laughs> yep. So, so you guys meet in. Uh, you guys met at full sale mm-hmm. and. Uh, how long have you guys been doing the Nomad thing? Like, what year did you guys start doing? Uh, this is our third 2014, year. So. 2014. Yeah. And what year did you guys graduate Full Sail? 2005. 2005, yeah, yeah. So you guys, from 
for the last nine years up until the beginning of Nomad, were you guys working on other projects? Were you guys working together? Were you working separately? Yes, yes. and no. I mean, yes. like Mario, uh, Mario actually has his own um, production company called oh, nice. Sidebeards Production, and he does <laughs> yeah. a lot of a lot of uh, uh, commercial work locally, yep. and uh, he's yep. actually done some uh, film work locally too. Mm. Uh, and um, I like since uh, since film school, I've been bouncing around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I kind of retained a tie in Utica um, yeah. because Mario introduced me to my wife. Oh, wow. So. <laughs> yeah, and that happened in, school, in college. Back yeah. in school, I was very protective of, of my friend and uh, <laughs> the, he, like, he saw this, <laughs> we would make stupid little videos <laughs> back back in the day, like stupid little slasher films and, and my friend, nice. she was in it and he says, he says to me the first time I watched, he's like, I'm going to marry that girl. I remember that vividly. Yeah. And there you go. <laughs> and, yeah. And then I introduced him. And, uh, yeah. yeah. It was like, uh, honestly, it was like a video dating service because <laughs> Mario and I did a stupid short together uh, at school. And I had seen all the videos she was in that Mario had done when he was younger in high school and stuff. And so, uh, like, she saw me in that video. I only saw her in the videos that they did together. And then we kind of connected after that. <laughs> so, um, so I guess Nomad Cinema in general. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of embarrassed. We did this podcast sort of right after I met you guys. Sure. I didn't do as much research as I normally would have done. So I'm very sorry to the listeners no, out there. This okay. is I'm a history major. I should do more research. Um, <laughs> so what do you what would you guys say the your mission is with Nomad Cinema. You guys producing films, or is showing the movies more of a bigger issue for more of a bigger program for you guys? Well, with the uh, Nomad Cinema, it's really kind of expressing our love for mm-hmm. all things uh, movie and awesome. film to the masses. Really, mm-hmm. uh, originally, it kind of started out as, you know, uh, we 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 love movies, we love making movies, and we still do. Um, and you know, it's it's really difficult to get like a brick and mortar. Um, theater off the ground of course. and takes a lot of capital to do so yeah. and the kind of movies we want to show you know like mm-hmm. uh, Jurassic Park for yeah. example you know these are films that you don't have the opportunity to really see on a big mm-hmm. screen anymore and but they still have a huge fan base yeah. so we wanted to see if that audience existed in this area Yeah. and so a great way to do that was doing the outdoor movie series it's, it's a strange thing I, I always <laughs> Uh, our local movie theater, We I grew up in South Utica, and the Uptown Theater, which was my local movie theater growing up that I would go see, that's where I first saw Jurassic Park, where I saw like Ninja Turtles movie, Home Alone, yeah. like the, the movies that were important to me as a kid. That theater just recently went up for sale, and for and for the last maybe 10 years, it's sort of been kind of bouncing up and down with whether they're working at this movie theater, whether it's not. And it's totally different now, but yeah. I always felt like maybe there was... Like, I wish I could have a theater and just show the movies that I loved, right? Your John, your John right. Carpenter's The Things of the World and show them in big events like David Lynch Fest, which they used to do at like Nighthawk Cinema in New York. Take a shot, listeners. They take a shot when I talk about New York. I talk about New York a lot, guys. <laughs> um, but I wonder, it can't just be as simple as that. Like, you can't just own a theater and say, I'm going to show the movies that I like. There's got to be more to it than that, there, right? Like, there, some, there and sometimes yeah. this job kind of does that, too, where it's yeah. like you got to pick the ones that people are going to come out for or else the sponsors aren't going to, you know, back you. you know? <laughs> I got one of the biggest audiences we've had all summer was for open season three. <laughs> open season three? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah, it's such a weird dynamic. Um 
so guys, I got a couple uh, film-based questions I'm going to shoot at you, uh, and I'll start, uh, uh, Mike, I'll start with you this time. What was the first significant movie you remember in your life growing up? Rocky. Rocky? Yeah. First Rocky. Yeah, first Rocky. Wow. Um, I actually, like, during that time, it was Rocky and Lawrence of Arabia, like, hmm. back-to-back. Those two films really influenced me immediately. Wow. I be- instantly became a fan of Sylvester Stallone, hmm. and I instantly became a fan of these these just grand exotic shots that were in, you know, uh, Lawrence of Arabia. And, and that is when I realized how important sound is to film too. Mm -hmm. Those were both at a very early age too. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of what kind of got me kickstarted on, on, on wanting to make films really. I'm glad you said that. We, that's another thing that I find fascinating is I love the idea of the people who produce music for movies. Like, uh, you know, I've mentioned John Carpenter on here. I love the thing. I love the fact that he does a lot of all and most of his music by himself, yeah. right? And he even releases he released an album not like two months ago that was oh, yeah. pretty much yeah, yeah. just movie themes. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yep. Uh, Mario, same question for you. What was the first significant film experience in your lifetime? Oh boy, that's a big question. That's tough, right? <laughs> um, I know, I know. I mean, like you had said before, Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles was like that I think that movie still holds up today the first one is still kind of <laughs> gritty and cool yeah absolutely <laughs> Sam Rockwell's in it come on man yep. he's like <laughs> yep Sam Rockwell um, I forget his name but the guy that played Casey Jones nailed it and... yeah, was that guy in other stuff I, I Elias like, yeah. Elias Cotius oh yeah he was, really he's I, I got a pull tonight movies. I finally got one <laughs> first name of the day no he was in Zodiac he was one of the was officers yeah. he was one of the officers oh, yeah oh man I hope I'm saying <laughs> I'm his shamed. name correctly <laughs> Uh, a couple weeks back, we had a conversation on this show, and we talked a lot about the rising cost of going to see uh, a film in the cinema. Uh, and I've debated this on a personal level. I almost will only go to the the major movie, either a movie I'm desperate to see. Right. Whether like I'm a big Godzilla mark as well, so when Godzilla came out in the theaters, I'm like, I have to go see this in the theater. Let's get to him. You do, yeah. <laughs> um, Civil War, I think, my, was the last one I went to see. The theater. I felt like it was going to gain something. Uh, from seeing it on a large screen. Right. Uh, but it does seem, and I, I, I have no basis to say this other than just how I feel, it seems like we're moving to a place where only the biggest movies are going to be allowed to able to make any money in large-scale cinema. And it seems like a lot of movies are going to Netflix or video-on-demand model. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts about this or like the current state of where you feel movies are today, but... Well, you seem like you have a take on this, Mario. We, 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 we both do, but go ahead. <laughs> you know, I was going to say, like, I mean, there's a lot of movies that I seek out that are, um, I'll, I'll drive, you know, an hour yeah. to go see. Like, I'll go to Ithaca from, from Syracuse to go see uh, the, the Hunt for the Wilder People. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll totally go do that, as well as, like, Tickled and, and all this other we stuff. We went to Ithaca just to see what we do in the shadows. That's right, we yeah. did, yeah. And, um, I... Well, we're unfortunately, we're like, unfortunately, <laughs> well, we're, we're the minority in that. Yeah, in we're the minority in that, yeah. yeah. And I actually went to the movie tavern out in Syracuse, mm. uh, I think it was last night, and that's like 12.50, but you got these big comfy chairs that recline, and yeah. it's, it's, it's shifting, like... I think that's eventually what it's going to shift to, because, and that's kind of what our original kind of inspiration for Nomad sure. was is we uh, based off of the Alamo Draft House which mm. if yeah. you lived in New York right we, they got one in Yonkers yeah we talked a little bit about uh, matter of fact talking about the Uptown Theater 
we were sort of pitching that around the uh, the apartment last week when we were talking about that episode. We were like, it'd be nice if someone did something a little different with it to do. And I think my, my co-host, Kevin, actually brought up that specific establishment. Like, they should do something like this. And I was like, yeah. oh. If we had the investors, we would be. <laughs> just, <laughs> just how it always kinda, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just kick down the wall between that and, and the green onion and just combine them. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. There you go. It, it sells itself. Um, so... I guess I guess we can get into the non-movie questions with you guys. Uh, also, before we do that, though, uh, how can people reach out to you folks at Nomad Cinema? You guys are on Twitter, or on Facebook, anything like yeah, that? Yeah, we're on all forms of social media. Uh, well, most all the the, the popular the popular ones. The popular ones. Popular yeah. ones. We're on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. Our um, website is nomad-cinema.com. Uh, we usually have our updated uh, calendar of events there, and Wonderful. you know we try to keep it free to the public. But you know sometimes there's somewhere you gotta pay a, a ticketed fee. The, yeah, this this season it, every show has been through sponsorship this year, awesome. so we've been very fortunate that we've been able to actually bring these keep these events free to the public. Yeah, well, I have I have feelings about yeah this. I spent so much time in New York City, and this was a common thing to do movies in the park. Yeah. And it, it's funny to me that once this all happened, I was like, oh, God, this makes so much sense to do it here, too. Like, it was such a big thing in New York. People loved it. I've never seen people react to a movie the way that people reacted to Jurassic Park and Top Gun when you're watching right. it in a large-scale audience. I see you laughing at Top Gun. Like, that's not a great movie to watch. <laughs> no, we, we, we just did that. Top we Gun, that and you're exactly right. We had people in the audience acting out the scenes. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never thought I would see this. Uh, and I, uh, again, we taped... For the listeners out there, we're taping this before the actual Jurassic Park uh, film we're showing for free, so I don't know what the the crowd reaction will be like, but in New York, when I saw Jurassic Park for free, the biggest crowd reaction was every woman in Brooklyn when Jeff Goldblum had his open shirt. Like, I I never knew that this was such a big sex symbol. Like, he came on the screen and, like, 30 hipster women in front of me were like, yes! Pollution. <laughs> like, you wouldn't say that if there's a fly was on, but uh, <laughs> I know right, so, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Uh, I, well, I would because Gina Davis is in that. What happened to Gina Davis? She was one of my all-time favorites. She's still hot. She's still hot now. Yeah. Like I never see her very much anymore. I know. I watched League of Their Own last week, which still holds up, and she's mm-hmm. still awesome in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, uh, I mean we. What you were saying about it being in New York, like the the reason that we started it is we're like we want that here, yeah. And yeah. it was like yeah. nobody else is doing it. Let's. let's, let's it's a great do it. idea, and it. I really do think uh, that people are going to respond to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I haven't seen how this is all going to work out. Right. It's going to be tomorrow, but yeah. uh, I, I have a great feeling. People, we got such a great response. At least the Maiden Utica team has, and everyone here at Uticast has gotten great responses. From, I'm very excited for yeah, the prospects of this going forward. Well, um, I, just, I mean, I guess just to go back to what you were talking about, like movies in the theater and yeah, stuff. Yeah, sure. Like, what kind of sets us apart from all that is that, you know, you go to, the, one of the th- big things that keeps me from going to the theaters nowadays is having to deal with so many, well, the negative aspects of going to the theater. You got mm. the people with, you know, the whole shoe full of kids. Yep. You got the young couple making out behind you. Cell you phones. You got a sticky floor, cell phones. People just straight up talking at the screen yeah <laughs> there's a lot to contend with and it's yeah. and i'm not saying we don't have those things but because we're in such an open space yeah. you don't notice them um the kids playing right. and stuff they do it like way back yeah you, you don't notice any of that stuff's going on well there's a communal atmosphere when you're watching a movie in an outside environment that you yeah, don't that too, get. yeah like uh especially with a movie like jurassic park like we, we talked about this beforehand no one i don't think anyone who's going to see jurassic park for free 
hasn't seen the movie already or isn't somewhat in on, like, yeah, Jurassic Park, that's a good one. So right. there is a different experience watching a movie you've seen a hundred times that everyone's seen, and you can have that experience. When you're watching a new movie, like when I'm watching Civil War for the first time, I don't want that guy behind me exactly. to be like, get out of the way, Captain America. I'm like, dude, yeah. come on. Like, <laughs> he can't hear you. Yeah. Uh, by the way, do you guys clap at the end of movies? No. I know. No. We, I've never got, They can't hear you. Why are you doing it? I've never understood Who that. is the clap? Is it for the projectionist? There's Who are you clapping for? There's always that one point, oh, we're doing this? Ah, oh, son of a bitch. This is not a stage no, performance. I've never, I've never understood that either. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, lightning round questions. Uh, to make things easy, I'm going to hit Mike first, Mario second on all these lightning round questions. Oh, jeez. Pressure's on me. All right. Question, <laughs> question number one. When you guys wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee? A black. Uh, with a little bit of cream. All right. Very good. I see what goes on here. Black has been a popular answer lately. For the first, like, month I asked these questions, nobody said black. They all gave me, like, fancy answers, but that's, like, the trendy answer now. I, I like the taste of coffee. <laughs> um, you guys, uh, basing on the way years you graduated, so you guys graduated, uh, Full Sail 04? 05. 05. 05. We, start, we started in 04. So you guys are probably right around my age. Uh, all right, what was your first car? Uh, t- a 94 Chevy S10. 94 Chevy S10. Small truck, yes? Mm-hmm. Classic. I like it. I love it. I like it. it. I love small uh, trucks. Oldsmobile 9... Is it 97? No. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, it was... Oh, fuck. <laughs> it, was, it was an Oldsmobile and the fucking door, the passenger door didn't open. It was, was a... It a what is it like a... It was a 98? It was <laughs> 89.98. <laughs> 89, something like that. See, I had an Oldsmobile for a while. I had a... I want to say it was a 91... Cutlass Sierra? I was going to say Cutlass, man. Cutlass Sierra had the bench seat. I'm a big fan of bench seats. Oh, That's yeah, one they should sure. bring back. Bench seat. Yeah. All right, so with your first cars, guys, when you drove your first cars to your first concert, who was the band who was playing at that first concert? John B. and Jagged Edge. Wow! <laughs> John B. and Jagged Edge! Good Destiny's answer. Child was supposed to be there, too, and they didn't show up. Oh. I, it was free tickets. That's why I went. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, boy. Uh... I don't know. Um, <laughs> I want to say... Was it Godsmack? Oh, <laughs> you know what? But the thing is, I worked at Godsmack gig, so... Oh, <laughs> I, it might have been. You know what? I'll just go with that, sure. I always relate them with that MTV show Fear, because they used to sing the theme. You remember that show Fear yeah. on MTV? Oh my god, that's right. Yeah. It was like the Blair Witch Project, the TV show. They're remaking right. that movie, by the way. Did Are they? Make it, they're remaking Blair Witch. It's, it's a sequel. It's a sequel? The Woods. It, it started out as The Woods. And I'm oh, like, oh, yes. this, this movie could be awesome. And then at Comic-Con, they're like, oh, no, this is Blair Witch. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, okay. okay. Right. It's like the, the, the girl that was in Blair Witch, it's like her younger brother, and he yeah. wants to find out what happened. That's, that's what I got from the trailer. <laughs> uh, so let's move on. I got two more for you guys, and then I got a special one just for you two that I, I worked on before you guys got here. Yeah. Uh, besides <laughs> movies, which you guys are obviously passionate about, give me something else you guys are passionate about besides cinema. Beer. Beer. <laughs> Beer says this guy. Jeez, um, that's a tough question. I mean... Passionate? Uh, uh, mid-century modern furniture? Mid-century <laughs> modern furniture. Oh, good. oh my goodness. I can keep going. <laughs> I, just, I just bought a couple of kayaks. I'm Kayaking. Like, I'm, Ooh, I'm, I'm get, be, becoming passionate about the outdoors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like as you, as you get older, I, as I get older, I, I grow more and more fond of That's the become outdoors. like my new religion. Yeah. Outdoors, just being one with nature. <laughs> I still haven't found my new religion. I'll call you back when I get to it. Right. <laughs> um, 
Give me one album, one book, or one movie you are currently listening to, reading, or watching. Oh, boy. I got Purple Rain going on. Nice. Um, listen. I'm listening to The Sword, Warped Riders. That's on in my car. Okay. Um, a I, book I'm, re- I'm rereading, again, The Secret History by Donna Tartt. You okay. should check it out. It's one of the best books I've ever read. Secret I've read history. it. Yeah, I um I've read it many many times. I was actually a, <laughs> I was originally cast to play the lead in the film adaptation. Really? Yeah. Huh. And uh, that never actually happened. So. That's how it goes, isn't it? Oh, more that's more often than not. <laughs> that's my life story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'll frame this last one for you guys. I've already kept you very very longer than I, much longer than I planned to keep you, but. Uh, I always talk about, uh, I, I, was a wannabe novelist. I had a, I had a, like a third of a novel finished and I always wanted to be a screenplay writer. And one of the things I always thought about is if I could have any license that I could work on, that I could do a project based on, what would it be? Uh, I have a, I'm a big fan of Stephen King's The Stand. I would always, I want them to do that again. Uh, but if I was a screenwriter, I always thought to myself, I want to make an HBO series out of the video game Fallout. I right. think that's a perfect license to work. So, similarly, if you guys could choose one license that you guys were passionate about to work on, what would it be? Oh, the um, Werewolf in London. I actually developed a... uh, I'm so happy. I developed uh, an actual film. It's a prequel uh, based off of that mythology. I love that movie. I think the the I think they're actually somebody Paramount maybe has picked up the license and they're working yeah. on it kind of because we we originally were actually going to shoot a, uh, a teaser trailer yeah, yeah like a teaser trailer proof cool. of concept uh, yeah. video yeah we had to yeah I, I love John Landis mm-hmm. love John Landis uh, I love that movie and that's a weird movie to show to people uh, because I've showed it to a couple people and I think the movie's great. It's beautiful. But it's, I love that movie. But it's a movie that doesn't always translate to other people. Yeah. Like uh, it's in that sort of weird spectrum of movies that I love, like Robocop and that movie, which I think are perfect. But you yeah. show them to people, and they're like, I don't, I don't, I don't get, get it. Yeah. I don't get it. Right? Like it looks, you either you love it or you hate it. Yeah, yeah I agree. You know, um, I, I was on the other side of that. Like crawl. Like I didn't crawl. I didn't. I didn't grow up watching crawl. I didn't. I don't get crawl. Mm-hmm. I love I can, crawl. I can, I, can, I can totally see how people love crawl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Guys, I wanna I wanna thank you guys for coming in here and uh, and talk. Wait, did I get yours? Did you have one as well? Oh, um, yeah, uh, one? criminal macabre. Criminal macabre. I'm not by, even by Steve Niles. Um, uh-huh. he did uh, like Savage Membrane and he did Thirty Days of Night. Okay. He he did the comic for that oh, and wonderful. he's got this one where he's got like a it's like a gritty sort of detective. Are you comic criminal book guy? Macabre. Not big. No. There's <laughs> a there's a great graphic novel series. If you guys you, knowing. You guys, so far, like I know you, it's called uh, Scalped. It's a series about a Native American gentleman who uh, becomes a member of the FB, uh, CIA and then gets sent back to his reservation to take down the tribal chief from the inside. And it's a really... That it's sounds a, awesome. It's a <laughs> film noir-y, dark graphic novel that's it's awesome. It's... It's begging to be made into a television series. It, yeah. Just desperately begging. So I got I speaking of that no, I gotta give a shout out to uh, John Proudstar who's working on mm-hmm. Tribal Force, this comic book. Ooh. Uh, he had a Kickstarter going. If uh, I don't know if it's still going on on or not, but check him out. John Proudstar. <laughs> Tribal Force. <laughs> uh, folks, you can check out the lads at Nomad Cinema at all the places they previously listed. But if you want to hit me at that website one more time, nomad-cinema.com. Nomad-cinema. Dot com. Mario, Mike, it's a real pleasure to meet you gentlemen. Uh, I'm looking forward to continue doing work with you guys going yeah, forward. We'll be back to the show in just a moment.
Anti-shark cage. <laughs> Man goes in cage. Cage goes in the water. Jack's in the water. Our shark. That was good, right? It was beautiful. He's been talking it's like time. Quinn all week. Oh, I mean, yeah. wearing the shoot the suit too. I'm the only person oh, yeah. who had a costume and a character totally picked out because of the way everything unfolded. But yeah, uh, I feel real confident about my Quint. It's pretty good. Uh, so again, tomorrow, Wednesday, August 10th, Franklin Square, Jaws. Please come see, it. especially if you've never seen it. Like a lot of the Maiden Unicorn crew, of people haven't which seen is Jaws crazy to me. I feel like people are looking at me because I can't believe you've never seen it. I, I just don't know how you've missed it. It was on USA a lot as a kid. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot. Yeah, yeah. That was in the era when USA and TBS and TNT and all those cable networks would do this thing where they'd play the same movie like three nights in a row. Be like, yes. Friday, Saturday, and yes. Sunday, The Matrix. And you're like, yes. wow, really? It seems like a lot. But yeah. okay, cool. Uh, Jaws, Notorious, it was one of those movies. It was always on like AMC or TBS. Yep. Uh, heavily edited, certainly, in certain parts, but um, you know. Uh, speaking of movies, uh, we haven't totally decided on what the third movie is going to be, um, but last week, uh, just for just for funsies, I threw up uh, <laughs> just for fun, uh, I threw up a poll on the Uticast Twitter uh, for what movie you would theoretically like to see for free: uh, Ghostbusters, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Gremlins, and ET. Just some casual Ooh, choices. Some bombers there. Yeah, some good ones in yeah. there. Uh, what do you guys think won? I'm sure you're looking at the board already to see who won, but what do you think would have won? Out of those four. Run them through one more time. Ghostbusters, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Gremlins, and E.T. Uh, my front runner, not my choice, but my front runner for the winner, mm-hmm. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yes. I feel like I'm cheating because I do, I feel like Ghostbusters. Because you mm-hmm. check the Twitter. Like you Twitter. know what I mean? But like that's, I, that's uh, yeah. they were who we thought they were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Makes Ghostbusters sense. Ghostbusters won. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, uh, yeah, so with 32%, Ghostbusters won. Uh, Raiders, E.T. tied for 27%. Only 14% for Gremlins. Which is disappointing to I me. I don't remember I much you? of Gremlins. I love Gremlins. Yes, I agree. I Gremlins, Gremlins is great. No write-in votes for Goonies. No write-in votes for Goonies. Um, I, get a, I know write-in votes weren't a thing, and I just made them up. But I was, <laughs> well, uh, was kind of Goonies is a good call, actually. With I didn't the even think Stranger about Things phenomenon going on, that somebody would have been like, "Excuse me, gentlemen." Is Stranger Things like Goonies? I haven't watched it yet. It's at the top of my list of it's, things I want to watch. Uh, you know, I had this conversation with somebody, and they just vehemently denied that it was like Goonies. But it's, I mean, a bunch of kids running around in a mysterious type of environment with an yeah. '80s theme. Like, if you can't draw the link to Goonies, there. Wait, what movie are you really talking about? Tra- He's uh, talking, about talking about Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Yeah, oh. yeah. Did you ever yeah. see Monster Squad? Monster Squad was like the Goonies plus the Universal Monsters. It was. No. Oh man, look at dude, Monster. You haven't seen that. Yeah, you gotta see Dude, Monster, Monster Squad. Dude, Monster Squad is like an underrated kids movie. What's the a- Fred Savage movie? The Wizard? No, with the monsters under his bed. Uh. Oh man! It's got Howie Mandel in it. Is yeah, it Little yeah. Little Monsters? Little Monsters. Little monsters. Little monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, monster themed. No writing on Little Monsters either. Uh, you guys didn't grow no, up in a movie store, huh? Hey, I was, I was surprised. <laughs> you can't try to put that up against Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. Uh, I was surprised that ET did as well as it did. I was surprised the Gremlins did as poor as it did. Um, but that's the joy about classic movies: is you know they're going to be good going in. So you should that's come, right. You should come see Jaws. You know it's going to be good going in. I heard. I know that Suicide Squad came out this week, and people think it's terrible. Why waste your money on some crap you've never seen when you know there's a good movie you've Why already you, seen? Yeah, you just see people see think it? it's terrible and it still broke the record. It, br- it beat Guardians of the Galaxy for some like box office record. Stop, for the month or really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Hey, I do have a, uh, a story that ties into our Jaws movie, if you guys want to hear that one. Uh, check this out. Uh, so on August 3rd, uh, okay. a dead mink whale was found on a beach in Cape Cod. 
after a scientist uh, did some research, someone from the Centr- uh, Center for Coastal, uh, Coastal Studies say that at least two great white sharks uh, were considered to be the cause of what was eating really? that whale. This is in Cape this Cod. This is August 3rd. August 3rd Cape in Cod. Cape Cod. Uh, what this implies is that great white sharks are now returning to northeastern waters after years of not being there. Uh, studies uh, record this as, uh, it, it, this is the result of stricter fishing res, uh, re- regulations, which uh, in turn increased the gray seal population, thus in turn bringing great uh, white sharks okay. back All right. to the northeast. All right. So I thought it might have been warmer water or something, you know. Well, because like of all the well, global warming doesn't exist, so you know oh, that's a okay. lie. Uh, I had another suggestion. <laughs> My question, right? First, did the scientist close down the beaches? No, the beach. This is a vacation community. No, you so, can't close. You can't close you can't, down. I the feel beach like games. this is the plot of a familiar film <laughs> I'm aware of. Um, but I've never seen. My second question is: Have they started working on the shark wall yet? No, that's no. Uh, I think we don't. Who's going to pay for it? The sharks? Yeah, they're going to build it themselves. <laughs> yes, the sharks yeah. are not going to pay Tell for the shark. We're going to build a wall. It's going to be the best wall I've ever seen. It'll be tremendous. Shark wall. Shark we're going to make the sharks yeah. pay for the wall. That's right. That Believe sounds me. like that sounds like solved. a sci-fi channel movie. Shark wall. Shark wall. Wall exactly. of sharks. Yeah, it's like half Jaws, half reality. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so Jaws could be real. You know, it's funny too because like that's the that's the weirdest thing about Jaws. Like there's there's no sharks in Am- Amity is apparently in like. The, the coast There's sharks everywhere. I guess there are sharks. You're always rolling with. I mean, listen, sharks don't attack that much. It's one of those things. Like statistically, mm. they're probably not going to eat you. But that would be the worst thing. That'd be the scariest animal to encounter. They in the world. would eat me. It would be me. It would. The three of us would be in the water, and it would be me. No, because well, you've heard that if you punch a shark in the face, it just lets you go, Cliff. Yeah, you know that? I don't know yeah. If you heard really that. It just makes it angry. Give it a little tap in the face. <laughs> yeah, little tap. You tried to throw a punch in the water. Um, hey, uh, there's a local story that's getting a lot of uh, a lot of national publication news. Not national, but sort of national publication news. If you want to talk about it, it's got? not about sharks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Atlanta High School this week got some bad press from a couple parents. Uh, uh, I'm almost pretty sure. I'm going to have to look it up, but it's not Oneida, New York. It's not Oneida, New York. No, oh, it's mind. a place called... Because I mind. feel like I saw somebody post it today, yeah. and they were like, oh, yeah, it's Oneida, and somebody's like, but it's not Oneida, uh, New York. I think good. that's a thing. Well, never... Either way, uh, the story doesn't story doesn't change because it ties into what we're going to talk about today. Uh, so the teachers basically are collecting cell phones from students at the beginning of class and forcing them to put it in, like, a cell phone receptacle like a party your parents would have gone to in the 70s, where you just put your keys in that's the big... That's not what they're doing. <laughs> no, they, no, no, they, uh, no, they throw the cell phones into the bin so the kids don't use them during class. Apparently, some parents are not pleased about this. They don't think that it's uh, fair that the uh, you can't have constant access to your children, which seems like a scam to me. Uh, what are your thoughts about cell phone collection at the beginning of class, Cliff? You want to take a shot at what I would think about it? Oh, I want to hear I, you You say. know exactly how I feel about it. Uh, I don't want you to bring your cell phone to class. Mm. I don't care. Mm-hmm. We made it through a lot of educating without cell phones, and we're going to be just fine without them. Yeah, uh, the parents are idiots, full stop. There it is. No there exceptions. Is. Thank the, you. It's, 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 it's such a dumb... This sounds like one of those stories where in another week or two it's going to come out that, like, one parent vaguely complained and the media sensationalized it. Yeah. That's just too irrational of an argument yeah. for a whole bunch of people to believe it. Then again, big groups mm. of people believe a lot of irrational stuff. Yeah, that's but true. But no, that's absolutely, like, your, t- 
you don't need to have. I can't imagine what it would have been like to go to school when people had cell phones. You don't need that phone during class. Your parents are like, what if I have to get a hold of you? What's ever happened to you? Yeah, yeah. nothing's gonna happen yeah. that you can't call the school. No. You can't put the thing up in front, and if it rings, you know what I mean. Mm. It's there, but like, there's nothing that's gonna happen where you need to get a hold of your kid in two minutes. Well, there was a large. Uh, portion of our lifetime basically up until the last 20 years where we did just fine with no cell phones and anything of all of education of all of education, of yeah. all of education. Uh, <laughs> this ties into a couple things one uh it's just a change in culture you know also i think we, we talk about it sometimes in in a larger scale but cell phones are relatively new in the big scheme of things yes. i think we still haven't totally mastered the usage and appropriate usage and etiquette of using cell phones and when it's appropriate to have your phones on you. No, there's kind of a swing back. Like, yeah. you see a lot of more, a lot more yeah. people now who are trying to disconnect a little more than they were maybe, yeah. like, five years ago. I'm on that track. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. there's definitely, like, a, a correction. I don't yeah. think we found the balance yet. You no, know what I mean? not yet. Uh, but it got me thinking about a lot of the stuff that... Because it wasn't like kids were any less uh, bored or disinterested in our day. It's just oh that we didn't God. have cell phones. Heaven forbid if I had an iPhone when I was 13. I don't know where I'd be. <laughs> no. We had to... Uh, we basically had to occupy our mind with other things yes. in school. So I came up with a, a list of a few things that we used to do back in the day in school that kids don't do anymore. So you can learn... From what we used to do. Maybe our kids are doing this. Maybe kids are still doing this. I don't I know. So. Hey. Here's a couple things. Uh, one, passing physical notes on paper in class. My number one. Yeah, passing. Learn with girls was my number one thing on the list. It's I a guess big, why I couldn't focus much. An That's, important, <laughs> That's an fair. An important form of conversation in pre-cell phone eras during class, especially with one of your uh, one of your buddies or uh, a girl who you were unsure of your feelings for because you were hormonal and nuts. No, I mean, not even. I'll say the golden age of instant messenger. When everybody mm. was on instant messenger all the time, that like, mm. and everybody was there, yeah. and that was the most viable form of community. Before yeah. texting became as feasible as mm. it is now. Well, the, the horror with passing a physical note, right, is the terror that the teacher will see you passing the note and yes. then read the note that you can no longer deny because yeah. yeah. now it's here. You have to make yeah. hard, decisions to hard decisions about decisions what you're putting to in. Say yeah. on the yeah. note because you're putting it on paper. And here's I, the thing, not one parent objected to that. I'm I got sure caught passing did. notes and passing he read it aloud, right? And every every parent was like, don't pass notes, you idiot. No, I'm sure some of them did. <laughs> there had to be one or two. Um, so, uh, yeah, so yeah, passing notes. I definitely got in trouble for sending what I guess was a precursor to like a sext. Do you know what I mean? Like you were writing the, the, sex was words? Was just a, a picture of your dick? Like, not me. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it just, <laughs> no it, was, it was a long time ago. It was me and a girl. We were like young, but talking about like, ooh, like inappropriate stuff. Woo! Teacher caught us in that us. voice. Yeah, not in. Well, you can't write in a voice. <laughs> I bet you can. I, I italics. <laughs> you put the italics and you make things big. Uh, no, no. Uh, so here's another one for you. Uh, this is uh, sort of a dual one, but because you didn't have cell phones, it didn't mean you didn't have a backpack to bring cool things into school or with you on the bus, right? So um, two of my favorites, uh, magazines. I used to get whatever my dope magazines I would get from, like, Rite Aid or uh, – that was coming to my school with me so I could read it or show it off to my buddies. Typically, yeah, yep, a video yep. game magazine like a Game Pro or an Electric Gaming Monthly or, similarly, a Game Boy. Ah. Sometimes you'd bring your Game Boy to school. You couldn't play it unless you were a true G. Then you'd find a way to turn the volume down and, like, hide it under your desk. Uh, but that was also a physical thing that you would bring and share with your buddies. You know? I remember one from when I was in high school we used a lot to pass the time. I don't know if this is on your list. Gambling. 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 We did a lot of wow. gambling. We did a lot of gambling in high school. Mm. People were playing either 
People were playing poker. People were playing pitch. They were playing three mm. dice Celo. Mm-hmm. City kids, mm-hmm. man. Dice games. Like, people just losing $20 yeah. at a lunch break, which is like... Oh, it's rough. When you're 16, that's the equivalent mm-hmm. of losing your mortgage payment yeah. at the casino. Yeah, that's I think tough. is what it is. Uh, uh, gambling was on my list. Let me cross that off. Because I lost a considerable amount of my lunch money at Proctor playing pitch. So much so that I remember them uh, having to institute a no-pitch rule in the wow. cafeteria. Oh, I went to Catholic yeah. school. We all yeah, got pulled into the gym so that. many times and yelled at for gambling. Kids would be, like, rolling dice behind <clears throat> backs during class. Gentlemen, while you were gambling, I was out doing something far more exciting. I was playing Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering. I played a little oh, bit of Magic yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. A little Live on the edge, boys. Magic the Gathering. <laughs> Live on the edge. Uh, you know, I always liked the idea of Magic the Gathering because I saw a lot of guys, uh, particularly GFOP Mike McNamara, used to always have his dope Magic no, back in the day. No, you dropping knowledge on yeah, me Yeah, now. True story. Oh. yeah, true story. Talk to him about it one of these days. Oh, uh, oh I will. Yeah, yeah. So he's the first guy <laughs> ever four, saw. Four, four, firewalk you all day long. <laughs> oh. uh, another one, this was important to me as a music guy. Uh, I always had a disc man or walk man, depending on the generation. Oh, you had to have music. And in the era of pre-cell phone, the choice of music you, cho- you chose to bring with you on your excursion for the day was very important. Someone might ask you what that one album you have in your disc man is. You want it to be a good one, right? You don't good want point. it to be some trash. Uh, so, you know, you, it's like, you know, if you want to impress that girl, you're like, oh, I'm listening, I don't know, what do you impress people with? What's an impressive band to listen to in high school? <laughs> newfound Glory. Uh, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think we're impressing uh, anybody with the Newfound Blink Glory. Blink-182. Always had a Blink-182. Hey, by the way, side note, I listened to the new Blink-182 album this week. Yes. What you got? I don't know, man. It's got its moments. I don't know. It's never going to be what it was. You can't expect it, it can't. to be what it's it was. It's the moment. kind of makes me... It's the Here's... moments. Do you want to go sit in like a car and uh, we can drive around uh, and talk no. about girls? And... I'll tell you what happened. Here's what happened. I listened to a couple minutes of it on SoundCloud, and then I went to my car and listened to uh, Dude Ranch for like 10 minutes. And that's sort of what happened, and then that was the well, end. But that's... The, you, yeah. said, you said it right there. You listened to a couple minutes of it. Like, even the albums, not to say that it's as good as, you know, those early albums you fall in love with when you're a kid... But, like, you had to listen to those whole albums yeah. a couple times. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's not one of those things where the first time I heard probably any album that I love where I'm like, this is the best album I've ever heard. It takes time over yeah. time. Yeah, you have built memories to it. This is another fringe one. Uh, you don't see this as much anymore, which makes me sad. Uh, doodling on your notebooks or in your notebooks. Uh, uh-huh. Most of my notes, yeah. were, most of my notebooks growing up were filled with superheroes or dinosaurs or generally Godzilla, Jaws, um, you know. Just cool logos of bands I like. That was yeah. a good era. Just like uh, like some of my notes would just say like Blink-182 or like Sublime on the top in my dark ages. You know what I mean? I was a good doodler. I'm a great doodler. I'm terrible. I like to doodle. Yeah. yeah. Same as a good doodler. Really? Yeah. I, like to yeah. Doodle. Yeah. I am dreadful at it. Yeah? Yeah, no good at all. Do you have no. anything you can draw? Can you draw human? I can't draw humans. They all have muscles. They all look like pro wrestlers. Good Shock I can no. draw like cartoon human, but I can't draw like an accurate picture yeah. of a human being. There's not one thing I can draw. Kev actually has a really excellent Cyclops head that he draws. It's like a quick drawing you did once. Oh, yeah, 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 the Cyclops head. I always I like that one. That. That's a good one. I used to try to um, animate my notes. So like whatever they were talking about, like hieroglyphs, I would put like just draw small pictures mm-hmm. instead of notes, like along with whatever we were talking about. Yeah, That's, I was very bored. Oh, sports teams logos. I did a lot of sports teams I, logos, a lot of Yankee logos, a lot of Yankee, yeah, logos, lot of Yankee logos. Uh, and then of course I just saved the, the best for last, the great forgotten childhood pastime that we all enjoyed, loitering. You know, I used to love a good loiter. I, we loitered around most of South Utica. Right? You know what's funny now, though? If you look at it, like, if there was a pack of, like, 12 kids loitering out in the street on the corner, 
you'd be like horrified and scared now as like a grown up and everything like that. It makes me laugh. No, because... now you just assume they're playing Pokemon Go. They probably are playing Pokemon Go. Twelve kids hoarded out in the street. It's all very full circle. If you gave those kids cell phones, we'd still be loitering. We'd just be catching Pokemon while we did it. I suppose. I used to love to loiter though. That was like yeah. a highlight of my life. I still but enjoy a loiter. We I'm a loiter outside right now. We overrated, have underrated, loitering, <laughs> underrated, <laughs> yeah, underrated, <laughs> man. Um, all right, man. We uh, we 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 did a lot here. We're doing good for the kids. You know, kids. Again, you don't need cell phones when you have loitering, passing notes, magazines, Game Boys, Walkman, uh, and gambling. Loan sharking. Loan sharking. Gambling. Because we had all the kids would gamble, and some kids would be like, hey, I saw you ran out of money. You need some lunch money. I can give you five bucks, but you're going to need to bring me that's six tomorrow. Awesome. Oh, that was, like, cool. extensively. City school. You know, can I tell you, I'm from a small school. We didn't do any of these things, you savages. Oh. There, was a kid, there was a kid in my grade Jesus. when I was in. Welcome to the jungle, my friend. Yeah, you no got... kidding. I wouldn't have made it. I just like to eat zebra cakes. When I was like, in... <laughs> When I was in ninth grade, kids realized that you could buy a bag of 100 pixie sticks for a dollar from the dollar store, and you could sell them 10 for a dollar, and stretch that out into more pixie sticks and other candy, and it was really funny to see everybody doing that when they were like 14, because we got in a lot of trouble, because it was like bad. Seventh graders are coming in losing their lunch money to buy candy from us like before Amen. homeroom. Mm. It was, uh, it's so funny to see all that stuff, like a little tiny underworld mm. for like kids when you're in school, just mm. playing around. All right, guys, we, uh, we made it through everything, uh... Cliff, thanks for being on the show again this week. A great uh, pleasure. It's great to have you back. Always, always good to have you back. And then, of course, thank you to Mike and Mario. Uh, before we close out, I just want to give quick shout-out, happy trails to the one and only Alex Rodriguez. Oh, man. Misunderstood. Misunderstood. Uh, 696, go to Miami. Get those extra four. Get that 700. Should have let him get those four. Should have get that four, Bob. I don't know if we have that kind of time. <laughs> That's true. <laughs>